When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the Wednesday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're joined today by Ray Fittipaldo. We're going to be breaking down a lot of things. One, we t- we talk up we talk about Deontay Johnson's return. He says he's 100% ready to go. What's that do for the offense and especially Kenny Pickett? Also, we talk about Broderick Jones after his first, first start in the NFL. What does that mean for this offensive line and can they get it going after the bye week? And... We talked to the Steelers cornerback coach, Grady Brown, and what and what the Steelers are looking at as far as Joey Porter Jr.'s chances to start moving forward. All that and more here in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipato, one of our esteemed Steelers beat writers here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can read all our content at post-gazette.com. You can find all of our, our audio, vid, video, and uh, podcast content across the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette by searching Post-Gazette Sports or the North Shore Drive podcast on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube like this video. If you enjoyed, subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily content as well as our Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive podcast. As always, this show is sponsored by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of pittsburgh get there today on the north shore whether you're there for a steelers game or a pit game mike's beer bar is right across the street from pnc park on federal street and they have over 20 televisions that you can reserve each one for a game of your choosing whether you're coming there to watch nfl college football pirates penguins uh river riverhounds premier league action all of that can be available at mike's come in and try one of their 500 different available beers 300 of those beers being local and 80 of those local beers being available on tap more on mike's beer bar later ray the Steelers got some good news, uh, and I mean, I guess they already had it when we heard it, but Deontay Johnson saying on Tuesday he is 100% ready to go. Uh, he said he fell 85% going into the Ravens game. The Steelers wanted to make sure he was 100% healthy. Now he'll have the bye to even continue to build off of that, maybe get some reps in to get uh, get back into a rhythm with Kenny Pickett, and and then he'll be ready to face the Rams when they travel to Los Angeles uh, next, next week. But with that being said, the offense has been terrible. It's hard to see that one guy would just flip everything around. But right. what do you see the impact of Deontay Johnson returning this to, to this offense doing for Kenny Pickett? Yeah, Chris, I mean, I, I, I hate to say it's going to mean that this offense is going to be really, really good now because I don't think that's going to be the case. If you go back to the one half he played against the 49ers, the Seahawks offense was probably just as, <laughs> just as bad. And if you go back mm-hmm. – 
to last season when Deontay Johnson played 17 games. Um, the offense was mostly bad um, throughout the season as well. You know, obviously, nice little uptick towards the end. They figured it out how they wanted to play, but um, it wasn't like they were ever approaching becoming a prolific offense with Deontay in there. Now, having said that, I think the biggest thing that this is going to be is going to be a big positive for Kenny Pickett in that he has now his most targeted player from 2022, 147 targets. Mm -hmm. Obviously, feels very, very comfortable throwing to him. Led the team in receiving yards last year, and he's their best route runner. He can get open better than anyone else um, in that receiving core. So I think makes things easier for Kenny. I think it gives him easier completions early in games. Maybe that'll mean um, faster starts. But as I said at the top, um, you know, Deontay Johnson didn't mean a lot in the first half against the 49ers. We'll see if that can change here when he comes back for the Rams game here in about 10 days or so. Right. That's going to be a big part of this is, is, is what he could change. I, I just, I wonder if, because I agree with you, Deontay Johnson being back, isn't going to be enough for this team. And we're going to talk about the offensive line. We're going to talk about Kenny Pickett, but I, I do think the one thing that Deontay Johnson can bring for this team is that they can, if they can get him in and his, he, he does get back to getting the kind of separation that he normally, that he normally does in his career. And like for all the ills of Deontay Johnson, whether you don't like his drop rate, whether you think he runs backwards too much when he gets the ball, that man is maybe the best at football at getting separation in, in, in the field. He runs excellent routes and all the metrics that track these things show that he gets the best separation when he's healthy and he's out there. Um, that can be helpful to Kenny Pickett if he's, because he still hasn't, arrived at all even though you threw that touchdown at the end of the game he still has I think a, a ways to go but when you have a, a, a receiver that's getting as open as Deontay Johnson does he gives you the, the the chance on a play more often than not to find a much more an easier target to throw to it doesn't have to be a uh, a guy who is you know in tight coverage or fitting it into a tight window he's going to give you a good portion of the field to throw to so that you can just get the, the ball on a reasonable throw he can get under it and then he can make a big play for you that might be the simple the simple thing that Deontay Johnson does the best that gives Kenny Pickett a push and if you get him and Pat Fryermuth who's also supposed to be coming back soon for the Steelers and then you have George Pickens and yes this is still just the same offense that they had before but if they can develop a rhythm with those guys in there and Kenny Pickett does find some synergy it could be a spark like that that does lead to better offense in the in the future, but they have to take these steps before they even get there. And I think a big step would be finding ways to get easy yards to Deontay Johnson. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. If you go back to the summer when we were trying to look forward, forward to what this offense might look like, the top three targets that we thought in that receiving core would be George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Pat Fryermuth, even over the new addition like uh, – uh, Calvin Austin uh, the third or Allen Robinson. Fryermuth should have been a bigger part of this offense. Now, when you look at the first five games of the season, Deontay Johnson gets hurt early in the third quarter of the opener. Pat Fryermuth, I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, before mm -hmm. the injury, 53 receiving yards in, yeah. in four games. I know he's got two touchdowns, but, I mean, that's unacceptable. Um, he's one of your top three targets – um, he's a guy you're probably going to want to pay at the end of the season. You got to find a way to get that guy the football and have him mm -hmm. become a bigger factor in these football games. So, um, yeah, that, that that's a big thing. I, I you know I think Deontay Johnson coming back um, is going to be a big deal. I, I, I do think 
that this offense will be better. And listen, Chris, the, the defense has been balling out in these victories against the Browns and uh, this, this past one against the Ravens. The offense can just make it a little bit easier. You know, if they could score 20 points yep, instead, I agree. Of, instead of one touchdown a game and three field goals, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't have to be, you know, Todd Haley, 30 points per game proclamation type stuff that we saw almost a decade ago. Just be a little bit uh, better. Don't put as much pressure on your defense and just help out a little bit more. I, I think that's what needs to happen here um, post by. I'm right with you because again, this defense and listen, the defense still has a lot of things to fit to figure out themselves. They're still giving up, you know, points and yards. I think they're 17th and points 30th in yards, yards overall. Their turnovers have, have really helped. Um, but as far as as far as the defense goes, you know, if they are uh, if they can play with an offense that gives them more leads during games, more leads to defend, be a chance to be more aggressive. That can put this team in a lot better of a situation to win, uh, and that that's part of what the Steelers have been talking about: starting better, starting faster, so that they can get get out there and get in get in front. Um, the Steelers haven't played with too many leads this year. I think the Raiders was like one of the games that they 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 had that going late, and you saw the defense once they were able to do that, it allowed them to pin their ears back, be a little bit more aggressive, and then you get three interceptions from Jimmy Garoppolo, who was when you know is one of the more conservative quarterbacks in the NFL. Moving forward, you got quarterbacks like Matt Stafford coming up. You're going to have to play play Joe Burrow in a month's time or so you got you got some bigger name quarterbacks that are coming your way and you need to be prepared for that but again how you how you help your your defense out in preparing for that is putting points up on the board we'll see if the offense can do that but I think the biggest key to the offense isn't just Kenny Pickett and Deontay Johnson in the passing game it's also the group that was supposed to be a better unit this year and that's the offensive line we'll talk about Broderick Jones and this offensive line on the other side of this first break here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette Chris Carter and Ray Fittipato stick with us. we got a lot to discuss here. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Go to Mike's Beer Bar. They're on the North Shore on Federal Street, right across the street from PNC Park. When you get there, you'll see they have over 20 televisions. And, and, and ahead of time, you can reserve any of those televisions to sit down with your friends, get a table, have a game of your choice, whether you're coming in to watch the big noon game on, on Saturday for college football, whether it's the Steelers bye week this weekend, you want to watch a specific NFL game, or you want to catch a big hockey night in, in Pittsburgh without going to the game at, um, you know, at, at, at you know, going to the game at PPG Paints, you can also catch it at Mike's, even if they're on the road, uh, reserve a table, get your favorite, get your favorite beers, because they have over 500 of those beers, and, and chill out and hang out and watch the Penguins with your friends. It's 500 different available beers, three of the 300 of those beers coming from local places and any of those local craft beers being available on tap at all times. And they're switching them out all the time so that you get new options every single week. Try their steak on a stone for an awesome meal. Whether you choose how to how, how you want your steak done, you can choose that right in front of you because it comes out on a heated stone that every time you cut a piece off and press into it, you can choose how well you want your steak cooked with every bite. Go to Mike's Beer Bar today to get your sports fix and experience the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. And when you get there, tell them Chris sent you. We're also brought to you by the Great Yinter Tailgate. The Great Yinter Tailgate is bringing the best of Pit, uh, best of the Berg to South Point on November 4th, showcasing Pittsburgh's rich culture, iconic sports history, and vibrant community spirit. The Great Yinter Tailgate will immerse you in the unique blend of traditions that make Pittsburgh legendary. Visit www.thegreatyinzertailgate.com for details. See Yins there. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipato. Ray, let's start let, let's, let's start looking a little bit more at this offensive line. Broderick Jones had his first game, um, and I, I thought Broderick Jones looked pretty doggone good, especially in the run game. You saw him being aggressive, playing downhill. That was the college version of, of, of Broderick Jones we wanted to see take the step forward. He did give up one pressure where he where a guy like got on his inside shoulder, but by and large, he looked solid in pass protection, you know, not dominant in pass protection, but looked like he wasn't going, wasn't the, a big issue for the Steelers. And he was going up against Jadavian Clowney. Like then Jadavian Clowney, I know some people might be thinking, oh, well, he's, he's the overrated guy from years ago. He's been a pretty good pass rusher in the early part of the NFL this year. I was kind of impressed by Broderick Jones. What were you, what were your thoughts when you got a chance to look back at the game? Yeah. I mean, for his first start, I thought it was really good. A um, couple of things to clean up. You mentioned, the one inside pressure where he gave it up to Clowney. Um, but, you know, other than that, I, I think the biggest compliment that you can pay him is we didn't notice him in pass protection. Like there weren't right. really any major issues where you say, God, oh, man, rookie kind of screwed up there. I mean, um, you know, some of the pressure, some of the sacks were, you know, Kenny missed uh, Mollett coming off the edge. That's not anyone's fault. Um, kind of bailed again when he kind of felt pressure and it wasn't there. So, you know, I thought even though the offensive line gave up, what, three or four sacks, Chris? I think mm -hmm. three total. Um, three total you know, yeah. I, I thought the protection overall was was pretty darn good. So, yeah, for the first time out there um, in that role, I thought Broderick Jones did extremely well. Yeah, you, you saw that and you saw, especially in the second half, collectively the offensive line, that was some of the best run blocking I think I've seen them get, get out get out in a game uh, across an entire half of a game. And I know the run game wasn't like dominant or anything. You know, they still didn't even run for uh, a, a whole lot in, in, in this game. I think total uh, they ran for 87 yards. So it's not like amazing or anything. But in the second, in the first half, they they weren't doing too well. In the second half, I saw runs where they were collectively getting a push, cre creating line, creating space for the running backs to hit. Jalen Warren hit some of those runs. Najee Harris hit a couple in in the set in the second half. Um, I, I thought that was a big part of what the Steelers needed to get done. And that's also when I was talking about easy yards before, as far as the passing game, that's where the easy starts should be coming on this team. They've invested in Najee Harris. They, they, you know, they, Jalen Warren's been a, a great pickup of an undrafted free agent. They've paid this offensive line, Isaac Sayomalo, James Daniels, Chikuma core for, they drafted Broderick Jones, Mason Cole. You know, I think he's kind of the weak link right now, but still he's a veteran that you've been able to rely on, uh, last year. This offensive line needs to be doing better. They need to be getting better collective push. When I say collective push, I mean across the board, everyone winning, everyone on the same step, creating space for the running backs to get out and create those easy yards. Because when you're starting to average four yards per carry more often, where you're able to get get your guys that space to get down the field, and then also they have more chances to break bigger runs off, that makes it so much easier on the passing game. And then you're also running more clock, you're possessing the football, and then you're doing the things that also, again, help the defense, which is supposed to be the team, the unit that's going to be winning the game for the team, but they can't be sabotaged by an offense that's not moving forward. Ray, what is, what is the biggest thing you think this offensive line needs to correct moving forward if they're going to take that step uh, i mean just consistency i mean it just cannot be as inconsistent as it has been from 
half to half or game to game. I mean, it's just it's just not good enough. Um, you know, you can't have Jalen Warren ripping off a 12 yard run and then on the next play he gets stuffed in the backfield and, and loses to. I mean, they they have to eliminate um, the no games, the one, two, three, four, five yard losses because that's when this offense really gets into trouble. If you want to be honest about it, they're not to the point now where they're facing seven uh, second and 15 and you're not feeling great about them converting because they're just, they're not there yet as an offense. But if you let Jalen Warren and Najee Harris um, get you into second and six or third Mm -hmm. and three, then you got a much better chance of converting in that situation. So to me, it's that simple. Just be consistent, eliminate the negative runs. Um, You know, Chris, how much of that is purely, the offensive line not blocking as well. How much of that is just um, calling the wrong runs into the wrong fronts? You know, the other team may be guessing and having more guys than you can block. I mean, I I, I know that all goes into it. So, um, you know, I know we're going to get into Kenny and, um, you know, the audible thing, but, you know, maybe they have, have to trust him to get them into some better runs or to maybe call some audibles when the runs aren't there. Because I, I think those – those negative runs get that offense into as much trouble as anything. And I, I think you have to eliminate, eliminate that first before you could talk about this rushing offense um, becoming better here in the second half of the season. Now I'm, I'm right with you. That changes the Steelers. It changes the whole Steelers offense because again, when you do that, then teams are guessing a lot, a lot more. I think one thing you saw at the end of the game there with that touchdown pass to George Pickens, the, the Ravens sold out. They, 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 you know, when when Kenny Pickett described and said, "Hey, we checked into that. We prepared for that all week. That was a design part of the Steelers' offense. Was hey, if they if they show zero blitz and we think it's a zero blitz, which means there's no safety back. Zero just means how many people are deep cover are back deep helping in coverage. That means there's no safety help. That means they hey." As long as you pick up this blitz, Kenny Pickett's going to have a chance to air one out and give George Pickens a shot to win to win a deep ball. That's exactly what happened. He beat Marlon Humphrey on that play. But that can happen more often in the game than just all-out blitzes if teams are are uh, aggressively playing your run because you're run blocking well and you're running the ball well. Now, you won't get zero coverages, but you'll get linebackers who fly up to the line of scrimmage. And sometimes they, are, they still even do when Najee Harris is in the game. They don't do it as much against Jalen Warren. But when you see those linebackers – flying up and also the safety's flying up that's when you know you call play action all of a sudden your tight end gets to the second level and there's no one around him or you run a deep post pattern a deep in pattern and george pickens or deontay johnson or Allen robbins whoever they're open in a part of the field that normally wouldn't be open if the teams weren't fighting on that that is why running the ball is so important that's why i think broderick jones can be a big help and if they can show that hey we can run the ball again that could be the big thing the Steelers need to really just get this offense again, not to being a top 10 unit, but just being a middling unit. They're like, they're at the bottom of the league right now in scoring they, you know, they need, they need to get up out of the low, the, the low twenties or the high twenties, excuse me, and get into the low twenties, the teens, get into that conversation with being one of the middle offenses in the league. That alone will help this defense so much. Yeah, I mean, Chris, think about how much better you would feel about the Steelers team overall. If uh, maybe they were like, Seven seven at halftime, as opposed to being down ten to three, or all these halftime deficits uh, that they faced. You know, some bigger than others. Um, how about even if they're like down like ten to nine? I mean, you would feel so much better about things going into the second half because you know the defense in close games is going to be able to make some plays, and you just have mm-hmm. to stay close. So, um, getting off to better starts is is crucial as well. Um, you know, I, I think they lead the NFL. 
um, or I should say, I think they're near the bottom of the NFL in time of possession. Um, they're terrible with three and outs. I mean, probably as many three and outs as anyone in the NFL right now, except for maybe the Giants. So um, these slow starts have to get better. And I think that's what this bye week is for. You know, Kenny talked about it yesterday. Um, you lean into what's working well and you kind of throw out what's not working well. I, I think he used the phrase, you know, when we're running our head into a brick wall, we just got to stop it and just throw that out. So, you know, I, I think that'll be a positive for, for the Steelers. They, they did, you know, it, it, as conservative as it was last year, as ugly as it was at times, they found their identity after mm-hmm. the bye week. So mm-hmm. maybe um, they could do it again. And if obviously it's coming much earlier in the season, but if you're better for the final 12 games instead of the final nine games, which is what it was last year, you know, obviously that the offense in the team, I think can take a big step forward. It also helps when you're not like six games back in the division when you find out who you are right. and you're actually playing a lot better football. The Steelers in first place in the division. Let's, let's talk about the defense a, a little bit here. We're going to get to Joey Porter Jr. Grady Brown, secondary coach, talked about Joey Porter Jr. on Tuesday. Let's get. Well, I want I want to ask Ray about this because he wrote a piece about this that'll be in the in, in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, postgazette.com. We'll talk about all that here on the other side of this break here in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Stick with us. We got a lot to discuss. Well, before we do that. We got to talk about Savinas Kane and Gallucci. They're mesothelioma and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience in dealing with this. Call them now for a free consultation. That's Savinas Kane and Gallucci. We're also brought to you by GameTime.co, where buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. If you ever had to buy tickets for an event but weren't comfortable with how much you were paying because you weren't sure about how good the seats were, that kind of stuff happens to me all the time when I'm trying to get tickets up at the last minute. But when I use GameTime, it's never an issue. You know why? Because the GameTime app, which you can download right to your phone, allows you to book tickets even up to the last minute if you didn't plan out far in advance. The app even lets you see this, the view from your seats that shows you all the prices, that and there's aren't hidden fees so you know exactly what you're paying when you click on the on on the seat and that when you get there all you have to do is have two taps of a button and you can buy those tickets even if you're running behind on an event and you still don't have tickets game time will help you get great deals even up to an hour after your event has started get tickets for the next Steelers game the next Penguins game pit game whatever and you can also get shows all across town, the Pittsburgh Improv, the Benedum, wherever. Game Time is going to help you get tickets to all these great these great events. And Game Time has the best price guarantee that can't be beat. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less somewhere else, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to their website, GameTime.co. Term and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets lowest price guaranteed another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of slash talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
Back here in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, talking all things Steelers here. Ray, let's get to the defense here. Joey Porter Jr., of course, everyone's excited. We talked about this on our Monday episode here in the North Shore Drive podcast. He got his first career interception. He's been targeted seven times now, only allowed one catch for 12 yards. He has a breakup and an interception in those. He's also been targeted on a fourth down that helped end the game against the Browns. So he's been doing well, right? So he should be starting now, right? There, There won't be any more questions about that, right, Ray? It doesn't seem like that's the case from looking at your face right now. Uh, No. I mean, that was a big topic on Tuesday. Um, You know, it's interesting, Chris, when you look at it, and I know it's a small sample size, but the numbers you just cited, Joey Porter's passer rating against is 7.6. Patrick Patrick Peterson, 112.9, which on pace would be by far his career worst number. Patrick Peterson – Four touchdowns allowed on coverage. Levi Wallace, 92 passer rating against, which would by far, if he stays on that pace, would be his worst career in terms of that stat. Um, he's given up three touchdowns. So I understand it's a small sample size, and I understand Joey Porter. They want to bring him along slowly. They don't want to put him out there until he's absolutely ready to be a really, really good player. Um but when you look at it, um, you know, Peterson getting beat um, in Houston the way he he was, um, you know, maybe they got to force feed that a little bit here after the bye week. But based on what Tara Lawson said yesterday and based on what Grady said, I don't think you're going to see it at the beginning of the games. I think you are going to see it more and more. I think he had 28 snaps um, against the Ravens. I think you'll see that probably tick up a little bit more game by game. You might even see a rotation, but people who want to see him out there being a starter against the Rams and Cooper Cup, I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, man. I know that that's a tough assignment because not just Cooper Cup. You got Puka Nakua who's been playing at a, at a great level. Matt Stafford is a quarterback who will air it out and will kill you. And I get that. That's a tough assignment. But, man, you would go – you would put – it'd, it'd be one thing if you – if, like, this was, like – still the older version of Joe Hayden when he was there, when he, you know, when he was at least, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't getting picked on, but you also saw he wasn't the playmaker that he used to be, but you could see how reliable he was. The Steelers haven't even gotten that from their secondary outside of maybe like the Raiders game. I will say this. I think Levi Wallace is actually hang, hanging in there. He had, he had two nice breakups uh, in the, in that game against the Ravens. They tried him deep on a couple plays and he was, he was ready for those, ready for those moments. Um, I think that he, I think that he has shown some, but he started horribly this season. There were some plays that I was like, man, he he's the worst player on the field. Um, but I think he's turned it around a little bit. Patrick Peterson, he's had his moments where he's looked sharp, but then there's other moments you're like, oh man, what what that this this is not the Patrick Peterson of old. This is the old Patrick Peterson. <laughs> he says is what's going on, and yeah. it just I get I get protecting Joey Porter Jr. and trying to trying to protect, trying to protect him, trying to develop him without getting his head beat in by some really great receivers. You know, if he had had to go up against Devontae Adams for his first start, that had been, that had been a tall task. And that could, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff can bruise a young, a young player trying to make headway. But at some point when he's playing this well in the, in all the small tests that you've given him, you, I think you gotta let, let the guy try, you know, you gotta give him a chance to show, Hey, if I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn. And that I, I'm of the opinion. I think the Steelers are doing this a little too much. I think Broderick Jones has shown you, hey, he looked pretty ready against a pretty good defensive front uh, for the Ravens. And uh, Joey Porter Jr., when you put him in for just the second half, he looked pretty ready there too. I, I get that there's, you know, that, there, that this is a tough assignment coming up with the Rams, but 
maybe that's what exactly what he needs. And if he proves himself in this situation, you know you have the cornerback that you drafted at the 32nd overall pick at the top of the second round. Yeah, absolutely. Two points on that. You know, is this now an organizational philosophy with the way this rookie class is being handled? And was that a reaction to maybe what happened um, back in 2021 where rookies were forced into the starting lineup early and didn't perform all that well. And you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Kendrick Green yep. um, and Dan Moore Jr. So I, I don't know if that's the case, but, um, you know, that might explain um, why these rookies are are um, not being held back, but why they're, they're sort of being um, held on a tight leash until they prove that they're absolutely, um, you know, ready to be starters. So, um, you know, it's an interesting debate. You know, I, I think um, – when Joey is ready, he's going to make that secondary around him better because when they signed Patrick Peterson, Chris, you remember he talked about playing safety, playing in the slot, having his eyes on the quarterback, not necessarily being outside all, all the time. And I think he knew that Joey was going to have to prove himself and maybe he might have to play outside longer um, than he anticipated, depending on his development. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're five games in here. Um, you know, Joey has stood up and, and performed well for the most part. Um, and maybe it is time. Um, I don't think we're going to see it week six, but maybe by week eight, week nine, maybe they can get that secondary constructed in the way that they envisioned back in March and May when, you know, these moves were made in the draft and in free agency. Certainly. I, I also wonder if you know, having Joey Porter Jr. on the outside, like you're talking about there, if it does help that slot cornerback position, they also added Desmond King. And personally, I think on top of all the questions here, Shannon Sullivan has not been good in my book. I mean, twice the times uh, Nelson Aguilar beat him one play on a third down, they extended the drive, almost beat him for a touchdown. If Nelson Aguilar had hands that were that were reliably consistent, Shannon right. Sullivan. It'd be different if Shannon Sullivan at least gave you what Arthur Mallette gave you last year. With as we saw in that game, he could blitz, he could help you, help, he can help you against the run, he could be aggressive, uh, you know, those type of things. But Shannon Sullivan also isn't that, and he doesn't help in coverage. And it's been, it's kind of been a problem that the Steelers have been have been going through. And it makes me wonder, man, what where's Desmond King? Because you know, I know he's a little bit smaller, but that's where he is. He's feisty in the slot, and I know that he he played one snap and didn't look too great in that in that snap. Uh, this this past weekend against the Ravens, but and you, you need at least a guy that can run with people in the slot. And maybe if Joy Porter Jr. is on this outside, maybe that is Patrick Peterson being in the slot and kind of helping there a little bit more. But the Steelers need better answers at multiple positions in the secondary, and that's crazy to think coming from where they've been recently, where the secondary has been one of their best assets over the past few years. Yeah, I mean, Chris, it's not anything new. I mean, I, I know we've talked about it before, but when Akella Witherspoon was acquired a few years back, it took him a half a season. Mm -hmm. um, before the coaches felt comfortable putting him in there. And I don't think he got his opportunity until there was an injury, maybe, if my memory serves me. so I, I believe you're correct, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, Desmond, it's it's been a month. I know people are antsy. They, they want to see something different because what they've seen from Sullivan and the other guys in the slot hasn't been all that good. Um, but the, Terrell Austin and, and the Steelers coaching staff, um, Grady Brown included, they've been always very careful – and how they bring these guys along. So um, I think they're very much dependent on that veteran perspective, that experience, guys who can communicate. But, you know, I, I think you're right. I think at a certain point you got to throw Joey, Joey Porter out there, let him get his feet wet, let him learn on the job. That's the only way that he's going to get experience. And uh, at some point you got to sort of take the training wheels off and let him go. 
That's the bottom line. We talked to the offensive assess- assistants today at the Steelers facility on Wednesday. Get all the reactions and all the articles that you want and the feedback from talking to those assistants at post-gazette.com where Ray, Brian, Jerry will be writing about the Steelers. You can also find mine coverage with Noah Hiles on pit football and pit basketball. As that gets started up, they also have an availability. There's a lot to cover in Pittsburgh sports right now. The Penguins are back. They lost their opener. We have Matt Benzel on the case here. Check all of the all that great sports takes out here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com. Thank you, Ray for joining me here on the Wednesday episode. Thank you all for joining us here to listen to our takes here on the North Shore Drive podcast for the Pittsburgh Post because that remember we got Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes. Friday, we got Brian Batko. And don't forget this weekend, uh, we are do- we're going to do a mailbag episode of the Acrisure Fan Advantage. So if you want to get questions that you want to be heard on the show, hit myself up or Brian Batko. We'll try to get those questions on the air and answer as many as we can here. Thanks again to Ray. Thanks again to you all. We're back Friday with more here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description. Thank you.